Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Clone Wars Commentary. I almost said Kessel Run Weekly, and, like, yeah, it's the same thing, but when I warned you ahead of time, I was like, oh, I haven't recorded in a week. It's fine. Um, we're back with Summer! Summer, hi. say hi! Yay! Um, <clears throat> so, uh, for those of you that are catching up or may have missed it, Summer is technically my co-host, but we be living crazy lives out here so uh she's on and off as often as she can be um simply because i am also that way too <laughs> had a padawan now we, so we have a new little yeah <laughs> yeah little second two children so that's a fun time um but i also like to get guests on so and summer's very understanding of that and helps me with that um we are talking three episodes that don't actually connect, but also connect to other things that we've seen before. Um, so we'll just jump right in. We're doing eight, nine, and 11, um, all in this little episode mashup. Episode eight is called, oh, and we're in season three. I know that that would make sense with the lineup that is online already, but just in case. Season three, episode eight is called Evil Plans. Um, <clears throat> and the fortune cookie at the beginning is a failure in planning is a plan for failure. I've never heard you call it a fortune cookie, and I love that. I don't remember who said that. It might have been Grace. Okay. Somebody okay. I recorded okay. with said fortune cookie one day, and I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it really is. It I is. mean, you're not wrong. <clears throat> yeah. I, and I don't know if that's something that, like, Star Wars came up with or that they came up with. Um, we'll just say Grace is amazing and that's it. Yeah, Grace is perfection and she did it. She created it. I'm going to try and set my notes right here. Mm -hmm. There we go. That kind of worked. Um, there is going to be some keyboard clicking today, folks, because I did not pull up these pages beforehand. So we're doing live action Googling today. Um, <laughs> so... In my notes, his name is Cad Babe, but his real name is Cad Bane. <laughs> um, we love typos. <laughs> so, most of you probably already know who Cad Bane is. Uh, Summer, what is your, what are your thoughts on Cad Bane? How do you feel when you see him in an episode? He's dangerous. He's very good at his job, and he is dangerous. Yeah, that's true. That's such a good, like, like simplification like of him. one of those that you're just, like, you really are a baddie, and, like, you're good at being bad, and, like, you know, I really, ugh. Just kind of, there's a, that, that's frightened a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely is, like, um... Hello? Oh. What? Oh, nothing. Oh, I was like, what happened? <laughs> um... He's definitely, like, one of those that you would think... Oh, God. I'm just causing a mess right now. You would think that he would be, like, one of those that is, um... Not minute. I mean, because he is a side character. But, like, so minuscule in his things that he has to do. But, like, he's he's got such a big role in a lot of the things that have happened. Um, uh -huh. That I just didn't expect. So... Let me pull it up on my phone because my computer is being sketchy right now. So, under Cad Bane in the Star Wars databank, it says, describes him as a ruthless bounty hunter from the planet Duro. Cad Bane was the preeminent blaster for hire in the galaxy at the time of the Clone Wars. No quarry was too dangerous for Bane if the price was right. Using an impressive arsenal of weapons and allies, the cold, cruel, and calculating Bane would literally track his prey to the ends of the galaxy if required. Um, he carried a custom twin blaster, uh, gauntlet studded with control devices, a concealed bola, explosives, integrated breathing apparatus, and rocket boots. Which, Yikes. yeah, <laughs> which like, to me, I want to know how much of it is like his species um, versus like his job. You know what I mean? Like, is it because he's a Duros that he's, like, got all of these machinations, or is it because he's a bounty hunter? Probably a mixture of both. That's probably a good thought process behind it, because... I don't know. I don't I mean, know anything about the Duros. Because he doesn't... He's not, like, that 
good without having good weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a question about episode 11 that will lead us back to that information. Um, so just kind of hitting all of our little points in this episode, the waiter droids are my favorite thing. I know, right? <laughs> and I love how he like tells R2 to go with, um, with them. Yeah. So with that 3PO. 3PO doesn't get distracted or swindled, which he does. He absolutely would. And it's so funny because I, the little waiter droids to me, I know that they're like sprinkled throughout Clone Wars and I think, don't know if we've ever seen them in live action, but I feel like we have. But I'm probably wrong about that. But I just love them. They're always silly, and they're always, like, mute until, like, the absolute moment that it's perfectly placed for them to speak. Uh-huh. Like, in, in this, not in this episode, I think in 11. No. In this one. Uh, they go, yay! <laughs> yes, yes, it was this one. At the end. That was funny. Um, Did they get the Jorgen, the Jogan fruit? Yeah, Jogan fruit. And then they're like, they put it up there, then they're like, yay! Yeah, it's so cute. Um, also, Senator Aang. Have you ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender? Of course. Okay, well, Dave Filoni helped write and direct those. Yeah, I and think And he also I did that. that with this. And I was just like, I love him. I love it. We love a nugget. <laughs> Is that what it's called? No. no what is it I, called when they put something in there? An Easter egg? An egg? Yeah, Easter egg. I was like, I was like, cotton, <laughs> I was like, it had to do something with an egg. Uh, like I was thinking of a cookie, and I was like, it's not a cookie. I'm struggling right now, y'all. Okay, so we love a Filoni nugget, uh, and 3PO is trying to be a wedding planner up in here. It's not a wedding, it's just a meeting with a fancy no. dinner, but... But I love how R2D is <clears> like, ooh, spa? Yes, oh my god! Okay, so that's the best part of the whole thing, is it just keeps flipping between C-3PO is getting literally kidnapped and tortured, and oh, R2 I is going through that. a car wash. <laughs> and then I was like, can he feel that? Like, the massage? They- no, 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 no! No, 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 I'm talking about C-3PO. I kind of oh. felt bad when he was getting electrocuted. Yes. So I was like, does he actually feel that? You know. Or is it just like... I feel like it's a, a circuit board thing. So like his circuits uh, can feel it so he can feel it. Quote, unquote, okay. feel it. Yeah. yeah, and R2-D2 just like pops into that oil and like you see his little thing come yeah, up. Yeah, his little camera. I was like, oh my god, that's so cute. He's funny. Um... I also, before Anakin, like, sent them off, you know, like, you, like, grabbed him by the shoulder and whatever, <clears throat> and I know that from Anakin, that's probably, like, a pretty intense motion, but I forget how, like, probably close that he and 3PO are, uh-huh. and, like, why he knows him the way that he knows him, because he literally built him. I was gonna say, didn't he design him, like, <laughs> from the li- ground up? I forget that all the time, because I'm just, like, C-3PO, C-3PO is such a, um permanent character you know like he he's okay. interacted with so many of them um that uh-huh. i forget okay. that yeah what nothing it it goes along with something different that we were talking about earlier oh so we'll talk okay. about it at a later date okay <laughs> um cad's cad bane's assistant droid toto i don't remember if i've talked about this already or not because i don't remember if we've already done this episode or not but the episode where Cad Bane and Toto are, like, wa- are in, like, the vents or something under the Jedi Temple, and they try to, like, blow it up, and then Mace, like, throws it back at them, and they blow up. No, I don't know. I don't know. But Toto was, like, super loyal, and then he, like, threw him away. And he was like, I'm upset. And then he came back anyways. <laughs> or, no, he didn't throw him away. He, like, made him be the suicide bomb. He was like, you're right. gonna have this attached to you and you're gonna go in and he's like but i'm gonna die and he was like oh well yeah yeah and toto was still his friend so that's an interesting thing um i want to try and google the jogan fruit sales guy um so he i've never seen his species before in live action jogan fruit salesman clone wars star wars um that's Jogan Fruit. Jogan Fruit Cake. It actually doesn't say what vendor he is. Of course not. It just of says a not. fruit vendor. 
Do you know Jogan fruit is only edible by humans, runins, and Ithorians? Maybe he's a runin. No, not a runin. Just kidding. Um, does that mean that other species can't eat them? <laughs> Are they poisonous? Anyways. Um, yeah, I can't find it anywhere. So, if anybody knows what type of... What species of alien that Jogan Fruit sales guy was, I want to know. Because he is wild looking. Um, we talked about R2 at the spa. <laughs> um, and then, 3PO was apparently the chief negotiator of the Manicron system. And I just... When? When did he have time for that? Yeah, I'm like, um, in between assisting Padme and... Like, yeah. Hmm. Like, he... So, he was built. Yeah, he well, became Padme's. Okay, okay. So Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan's, and Padme's. Question, question. So, what if, hypothetically, it was from when, before Anakin pieced him all together, what if it was, like, his main circuitry or whatever? That could make sense, yeah. If, like, but, that's, like, a circuit board that Anakin, like, found because he only gets stuff from a junkyard. Right. I feel or like that's like a reach, if 3PO like, was in bad, bad disrepair, and before he had, that was his life before, and then huh. Anakin fixed him. Yeah, I don't you know. know. This anybody says, knows, like, the wait, actual answer to this? Hold on, we might have it. <clears throat> so, the quote, might I remind you, sir, I was once protocol droid to chief negotiator for the entire Manicron system. The Manicron system was a star system in the gal... That was a dumb sentence. <laughs> a star system in the galaxy, obviously. By the year 32 before the Battle of Yavin, BBY, as well as before being rebuilt by Anakin Skywalker on Tatooine, C-3PO served as a protocol droid for the chief negotiator of the Manicron system. A role he later mentioned as he was tortured by bounty hunter Cad Bane. Listen, Summer. That was some psychic beep that you just did right there. I would have never thought of that. Literally at all. Um... Okay, well, 3PO had a life before Anakin. I really didn't think that. I thought he, like, built him from the ground up. Well, I mean, if you look at the... If you look at how he was working on him in episode one, he's already laid out and, like, he's piecing him together. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, because he's just kind of wiry. Like, I was just thinking logically, he was maybe just really, really run down. Nobody wanted him. Mm-hmm. And he was having to, like, put bits and pieces together to, like, fix him. I know, Adopted right? 3PO. Um, R2 then gives himself up to save 3PO, which I thought was obviously noble of our noblest droid. Of course, but that's, that's R2 all the way. Yeah. Every time. And then the guy, the bounty hunter thing, said, Noble, yes. Wise, I think not. So I have a question for you. What do you think R2 said to him? So R2, like, gives himself up. And then the little bounty hunter guy goes, Noble, yes. Wise, I think not. What do you think R2 even beeped before that guy said that? He probably was like, I'm right here. Go ahead and take me. Mm, Yeah. If you're looking for me, here I am. I always... This is a stupid thing that I do. But I'm I'm really trying to give R2, like, a voice in my head. (laughs) What would it sound like? You know how we, like, give the horses at work voices? (laughs) We, like, create their whole life story. It's Yeah, it's very anthropomorphic, but it's very fun, too. Um, And then we meet the Hut Council, which I didn't even remember existed until rewatching this. And we get some names. So... Arok, or Arok, I don't know, Arok, A-R-O-K, and Aruba, O-R-U-B-A, and Java are obviously. (laughs) What if one of them's name is Bermuda? Okay, um, so we know that at least those three, Arok, Aruba, Java, are on the council. I know I could look up the other ones, but I like just, like, picking out the names that they do in Star Wars because I feel like I never really noticed them until now, until having to record the show. I never paid attention to stuff like that because it, it would just gloss over it or it would be amidst, like, alien language and I wouldn't be paying attention. Um, 
Zero holds dangerous information, so they decide that they need to have him. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> Cad Bane's like, I'll do it. Right. He's like, because give me the money. Mo- he goes, give me the money. And whoever the guy was like, uh, I need to like approve it through the council first. Because uh, that's, yeah. Which is funny because I feel like Jabba himself, he's always such a, I don't need anybody's permission. I'm going to do what I want because I am a hut kind of mindset, but when it comes to the Hut families, he's like, no, let me talk to the council. Yeah. I want to know what their dynamic is, because obviously he his dynamic with the rest of the world is that he's like a scumbag. Right, right. So, how do they make things work? Okay. End of episode eight. Great episode. Very quick and more like droid adventure based. Um, but has a deeper, like, process, because then we go into episode nine, and it's called Hunt for Zero, um, and the fortune cookie for this one is love comes in all shapes and sizes, which is absolutely true in, in real world, but it's very funny in reference to this episode. Yes, I know. So, I just, I, oh my god. <laughs> so, plot, plot, not plot twist, uh, spoiler alert, Rebecca loves size noodles, and so I, like, texted her, and I was like, if you want to send me a little clip of you talking about Sice Noodles and her relationship with Zero, let me know, because I will put it in the episode. So, if she does that, that will be here. If not, <laughs> um, we're going to keep going. Uh, but please, everyone, know that Rebecca loves Sice Noodles, and she's the first person that I've ever met that's ever even, like, I didn't even know Sai had a name. Yeah, I was like, there was a name for this? Yep, that girl with the long... Snout, that's size noodles. And the size, and, and uh, let's see, what what word did she use? She said, she said, do you really love me? She goes all the way down to my liquid sack. Or- oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, you mean it? And she said, from the bottom of my fluid sack. There you go. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote that'll probably never leave me. Um, that was hilarious. So... The kind of preface to it is Cad liberated Zero from the holding in the Galactic Senate, um, and Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss have to go get him. Um, so real quick, let's go over Quinlan Voss, which if you guys don't already know who he is, he is obviously a Jedi. Um, but he just at first glance, um, is very like not your typical Jedi, but I... I feel like in previous conversations that I've had with people, he's, like, very popular. Not just, not, like, as a favorite, but, like, people really like him. And I just forgot about him, to be fair. To be honest. Yeah, you're not wrong. He is from Kifu, so his species is Kafar. I thought he was a human, so that's interesting. Um, Black hair, dark brown eyes, yellow eyes. Oh, from the dark side. Oh, maybe that's why people like him. He goes to the dark side? Or is he from the dark side? I see the yellow band underneath. Yeah, he's got, like, yellow tattoos everywhere. Um, I'm going to click on this and see what it says. Huh. Ooh. Oh. Asajj might have been his master? Or was his master? (gasps) And Ayla Sakura was his... Apprentice? Okay, these are... Y'all are here in live-action learning right now. Um, but he also... I'm gonna look up his planet really quick. Or his species. Um, Obi-Wan never really liked working with him. So, part of me wonders if that's, like, an Obi-Wan instinct. That he's like, mm, I don't trust this guy. Or if it's just that Quinlan is really, like, not stereotypical and Obi-Wan is very like I have a plan and I execute the plan. <laughs> uh, classification is near human for the species. Um, their facial tattoos indicate their clan affiliation. Okay. And homeworld is Kifu. Uh, it's in the inner rim. It doesn't specify anything else. Yep, doesn't specify, like, the the layout of the land or what type of planet it is. It's just in the inner rim. It's also known as Kifex. You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) Do you find anything interesting, Summer? 
Um, no, I'm, I'm currently reading. Okay. So I'm like reading as quickly as I can. You're fine. I'll keep going. Later in the war, Boss partnered with Asajj Ventress, a former dark side assassin. The duo was unsuccessful in their attempt to assassinate Dooku. Oh. <gasps> and it said, in the attempt to undercover the identity of Dooku's master... Voss succumbed to the dark side and became Dooku's apprentice. Oh my god. You know? However, he was brought back to the light side by his love for Ventress. His love for Ventress? What? Does Ventress end up on the light side? I don't know. It literally just says <laughs> like almost the I am very shook. last sentence says However, he was brought back to the light side of the force by his love for Ventress. Good lord. Okay. Interesting stuff here. Um, I know that I've... Re I remember episodes of the attempted assassinations of Dooku, but they didn't... I don't remember them involving Quinlan, so that'll be interesting if, I come if we come across that again. Um... Moving on from our little character profile, I, a fun moment that I have to mention is the dancing Twi'lex, Twi'lek, however you prefer, had giant oh! eggs on their heads that were like hut faces. They didn't see that part. But I was like, what? Uh, Hold on, I'll I find it. Like getting a little risque for Disney here. Yeah, well, and it's the thing about it is Disney wouldn't, didn't even produce any of these. This okay. was still, this was... Season three? Was season three still cartoon? I think season three was still Cartoon Network. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, that makes sense. It might, it like, might all have been Cartoon Network, which is why it ended, but I don't know. Maybe not. I'm at a loss. Because um, they definitely didn't own it when season three came out. Okay. Yeah, nine, ten. That might have been a year or two before it. Um, I'm going to look it up really quick. Hold on. Star Wars, Clone Wars, Kinda season like three. Zero. He his voice. <laughs> his voice is great. I know it's so annoying, but it's so great because it adds so much to the character, and I feel like they had to know that. So nine. Yeah, and like, and then her, and she's like, "Oh, Zero is here." She's like, "I gotta go step outside for a minute." Yeah, her voice is like, hilarious. Oh, yeah, like, that's not obvious. I really like her voice, though. It's so fun. It's a perfect, like, in-tandem thing with each other. They sound like they're meant to be in the same movie. Okay, you see this? It's like an egg... Sh Hold on. An egg shape. But it has... It's sideways. It's like a, si a profile. But it's Jabba faces. It's Hut faces in, like, broken eggs. It's so funny. Ridiculous. It was very risque. Oh, here's another one. Can you see it? <laughs> I know the viewers can't see it, but they can look it up. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and then she... So she's going to talk to slash break Zero out. And she, like, gets the Gamorrean guards to, like, fight each other. And she says Gardula, like, has a request. And then she says that Gardula is a female. And I don't know... What in my brain ever gendered Gardula the Hut? But I straight up didn't think she was gonna be a female. Right? No. I, and his mom kind of threw me for a loop too. Oh my god, his mom is huge. I was like, his mom is so oh, big. I think it's okay. funny because I love that kind of stuff because a it just proves that gender is a social construct, and b it's just funny. Like, the, the, the creation behind, we're gonna make this giant slug, and she's gonna have, like, boils, and she's gonna have a really deep voice, and that's great. It's gonna be grainy, because we want it to, like, shock it a little bit, but also be, like, intense, <laughs> in a way, because she uh -huh. was, she was intense, and Gardula is just straight up, like, chilling being the mob boss because she's in charge of everything and I love that too. I love that I didn't expect it because I had created this mob boss in my head. 
I didn't think about the fact that I was being stereotypical. Um, Size Noodle Species is a Palawick, which I hadn't heard of until she said it. Which, again, here's why we're re-watching Clone Wars. Because I don't pick up on any of this stuff. Wow, a queen. Alright, Sentient Reptilian. Long limbs, protruding eyes, spotted skin, and trunk-like mouths. They live on the planet Lowick. It's a swamp habitat. That makes sense with the skin uh -huh. coloring. Um, most distinctive feature is that snout, which obviously. Uh, they have retractile tusks protruding from their second mouth. What? <laughs> they can use their long snout as a snorkel. <laughs> Uh, and then their yellow skin had the blue and purple spots as camouflage in the swamp. Yep, instead of a heart, Palowicz had an organ known as a fluid sac. Yeah, that's it! The summary. A summary of size noodles. Um. It also says that here, she was the former lover of Zero the Hut. She mm -hmm. killed him on behalf of his nephew after he nephew. abandoned her. Then Snoodles was Is also Jabba Zero's nephew? Yeah. Ne Zero's nephew was Jabba Cure. It's a law. D-E-S-I-L-I-J-I-C. Yeah, it's like Dizilijek or something. I yeah, remember no, writing that down for the first time and I was like... He is what? the nephew of that guy. Okay. And then she's a spy for the Hut Clan, and then later becomes the lead vocalist for the Max Rebo band. Yes, she does, because she's a queen. Yep. Um, we also get to see, episode 9 brings us now Hutta. Um, it's exactly what I imagined it would be. Very, like, swampy green colored. But I was thinking about it because... Obviously, like, I very much in passing think of these things, so I'm like, oh, I wonder what Nahalada looks like, and I'll create this image in my head, and I'll forget about it. But okay. when we saw it, and I was like, oh, this literally is just, like, a swamp planet, but instead of, like, a brown overlay, it's a green overlay. Or instead of, like, blue and browns or green and browns, it's I just literally green. I thought of it, like, the backwaters of New Orleans. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. That's a, mm, yes. Nice. Yeah, because when they and when they were going through the swamp, I was like, this is exactly what I thought this place would be like, but I had never thought about it deep enough. Only because I based it solely off the fact that they were slugs. I was like, they gotta be in something swampy and like moist. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um So and then we find out on Nelhutta, we find out that Quinlan um has the ability to get visions from the things that he touches. Um, and not, like, like, futuristic visions, like, tracking visions. So he can be like, yeah, oh, yeah. he was here. Um, have we ever seen other abilities like that? I guess not, like, that one specifically, but just in general? <sighs> not, I feel like the Force, like, gives him visions of that, of, like, who touched things. Yeah, like, because Obi-Wan doesn't have any, like, special thing, right? No. Obi-Wan has a high ground. That's his special thing. Obi-Wan creates his own special things. Ahsoka gets visions, kind of, in her... Yeah, she kind of... Yeah, she kind of does, but I think hers is more like dreams. Yeah, I was about to say, I think she's sleeping usually. Yeah. Usually. Okay, all right. I just like... Because I obviously the Force would give people specific abilities based on, like, their character and their abilities um yeah but i never like i feel like i never pick up on those things so when i did point pick up on that i was i was wondering if i had just missed all the others you know um and then we learn about so zero says something about sweetie what about solarine so that's another planet um i had never heard of before and i was like okay glad i caught up <laughs> caught caught that so here we go solarine star wars wikipedia Location in the galaxy with notable sunsets. Zero and his love, Sice Noodles, had planned on spending their lives together there. Um, Val grew up on Solarine. I knew I heard it somewhere. Okay, so in Solo, 
when she and Beckett are talking about going back to Solarine mm-hmm. so that he can learn to play the Valachord. Yes. Yes! Okay! I'm not an idiot. Great. So Val is from there. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I say that as if I'm not saying thank you to myself, because... You know what I think is interesting? Hmm. And what I'm, like, learning is that, yes, this is a world within itself, and this is a massive galaxy. Mm-hmm. However, things tie into each other. Everywhere. Literally yeah, everywhere. this big circle... Like, this came out way before Solo was even a thought, you know? Like, they were just like, oh, remember that one planet we talked about once in Clone Wars? Let's make Val from there. What? I mean, great. Yes. Awesome. Perfect. Chef's kiss. What? How do you even remember that? (laughs) I can't even remember what I had for dinner two nights ago. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, Psy kills Zero. We love to see it. Um... And she says you'll think twice about breaking someone's heart. Get it. Uh, and then Cad and the two Jedi are fighting, and they're on Teth at this point. Um, so a forest planet with, like, crazy sky rocks. Um, because the Separatists are laying good money down for them, um, Cad was like, I'm going to fight you right now. And I, this is where my question came in earlier when we were talking about it. Do you think that Cad Bane could ever actually beat a Jedi or capture a Jedi? And not yes. just evade them? You think so? Yes. What makes you feel that way? I feel like he's smart enough. He's smart enough and he would think his plans through enough that he could do that. Yeah. No, and that's I think a great he's point. he's patient enough and he doesn't give himself airs. He yeah. just is like, all right, money's right. I can do it. Yeah, he doesn't, sounds like DJ. <laughs> I could do it. Um, he definitely doesn't leave a lot of room for error. He, which I guess plays into his gadgets. So I wrote down that question and then immediately as I looked back up at the screen, he's like electrocuting Obi-Wan. In that moment, he could have captured Obi-Wan if Quinlan Voss had not been there. And I was like, what would that have been like if Cad Bane had captured Obi-Wan and given him to the Separatists? We've only other ever seen two other times where Obi-Wan is held hostage somewhere. Like, in that, in, like, a prisoner capacity. And that's in Attack of the Clones. Uh-huh. And in another episode of Clone Wars. I think that's it. I guess, I guess... Yeah, no, that's it. Anyways. Um, and that was my last thoughts on that episode. Do you have... Thoughts or comments before we move on to the last one? Well, it says here that the hunt for Zero drew inspiration from various sources. Um, Mama was particularly inspired from the obese vampire Pearl from the 1998 film Blade. Oh, I've never seen the original Blade. Neither have I. Um, And then it says... um, When he dies, he says, what a wicked world, which is a reference to the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, my God. And then it says the musical number in uh, Gardula's Palace was a tribute to the opening scene of Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't pick up on that. I definitely can't have, Yeah, I was like, I was just kind of reading a little bit further, and I was like, that's awesome. That's amazing. I love them. I love Easter eggs. (laughs) Um... The Indiana Jones things makes makes more sense than the Wicked Witch of the West. Why did that get in there? <laughs> that doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, I mean, it's definitely something he would say. He's so dramatic. Uh, speaking yeah. of Zero, I really like... He's definitely, like, the coolest looking hut with all of his things. All of his, like, tattoos yeah. looking things. Do you think they're tattoos or do you think they're just, like, his coloring Oh, I definitely slug. believe they're tattoos. Yeah? I wonder how definitely he got them. Definitely believe they're tattoos, yeah. I wonder how he got them. That makes me curious. They, like, glowed in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, when they, like, came from inside the dark to... Or, in, from the light into the dark, they, like, shined funny. And we're moving into the final episode. Um, episode 11. 
So we skipped 10. 10 was a part of a Ahsoka Padme grouping that I did with our guest from Hoth Topic slash Sarlacc Digest. I think Chris um, <clears throat> helped me talk about Ahsoka Padme. Did you hear that? No. Oh, somebody was revving their engine outside my window. <laughs> um, anyways, episode 11 is called Pursuit of Peace. And the fortune cookie for that one says, Truth can strike down the specter of fear. Um, <clears throat> what do you think of in relation to Star Wars when you hear that, Summer? Um, it makes me just think of how Padme... I've really been kind of getting into her more recently. It's how she's constantly like, you know, if you just tell people the truth, they'll understand. And she thinks that, you know... I don't always believe this because sometimes truth is not sometimes you just don't need to always tell everybody that hey you know this is really bad and you know whatever because then i think it doesn't strike more fear yeah sometimes if you say if you tell me the truth i'm less likely to be afraid because my mind thinks of so many different things it could possibly be you know what i mean yeah if you say i really don't want to hang out with you because i just don't want to instead of going i don't want to hang out with you it's like, oh my god, why? Well, why, why? Yeah, there's less of a what if. Yeah, that's that called sort of thing. anxiety brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Story of my I, life. I think in relation to Star Wars, they, I think it just is saying that you know people are less likely as a whole to suspect or be afraid if you just tell them the truth. Yeah, I think it's a big motivator behind the rebellion. You know, mm-hmm. people, yeah. they're just like, no, we're, we're telling you the truth and that's going to help you. That's going to help us take them down because now more of you believe us or more of you understand. Um, yeah. So whether or not you're helping us fight, you at least get it. So you're not getting in the way either. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's a really good fortune cookie for this one. Like a lot of these, all of these episodes have fortune cookies that are relate obviously because that's the point of them but like this one is real good because this is one of our more political heavy uh episodes so it kind of gives us more insight into what's going on this falls after the droid suicide bombing on coruscant um and the senate passes the bill to deregulate the banks meaning that there would be more troops and more war um it's technically like i said a follow-up huh oh the interest rate (laughs) I was like, no. I was like, excuse me. That's not even an interest rate on any of the things that I have debt in. <laughs> no. I have school loan. What else do I have? Credit card and a car loan. None of those are that high. I think cumulatively they're not even that high. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Okay. Um, I, that, like, no, you're that, fine. Like, got me. That's adult like- brain right there. <laughs> What what's the interest rate? I'm sorry, no. Um, so <laughs> this is the reveal of Mina Bonteri's death, um, where like Duku comes over like the hollow thing or whatever, <laughs> loser. Um, but then this is absolutely my favorite part of this episode. There are lots of other like fun Star Warsy things that happen in this episode, but this quote from Padme. You'll know it as soon as I start saying it. But she is talking about some, like, I don't remember the specific word she uses at the beginning. I got this kind of back half in. Social services, education, infrastructure, and healthcare um, are suffering due to all of these things that are happening with this war. And she says, if we go deeper into debt, the basic needs of our people will evaporate. Hi. Uh-huh. Just the listing of the things. Social services, education, infrastructure, and healthcare. And then saying that if we go deeper into debt, all of these basic things are evaporating because we're focused on one thing instead of the people. I feel like this very much kind of reflects what's going on right now in our Yeah, world. currently and always, you know. I feel like it's such a... Like, currently is so easy for us to correlate because we are in it. We're living it. But, like, always, all the time, has this been a battle. Like, I've never paid attention to real-world politics until recently. And probably in the last, like, two elections, two or three. Um, 
And the fact that I have gone through and thought about other elections that I would have never even either been born for or just in general ever been able to think about voting in, that this is always, this always seems to be the cusp. It's always what, what are people, what are politicians willing to give up, even though it's not them doing it, it's the people having to give things up because of something the politicians want to do. You know? That's wild to me. Anyways. <clears throat> we also learned that they get threatening messages to the senators and um, about, like, voting against the bill. Yeah. Uh, and we meet my two... What? I said, I feel like they, though, that senators usually get threatening messages. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like that happens all the time with them, but who knows. Uh, my two least favorite bounty hunters ever are in this episode. Okay. Uh, that the stupid fish guy and the stupid turtle looking guy. They make me so mad. I don't know. They annoy me. They annoy me so much. The fish guy's voice is horrible. I don't like anything with a gurgling sound. <laughs> I don't even like the word gurgling, now that I say it out loud. <laughs> uh, and the turtle guy gets on my nerves because he's so pretentious. Not pretentious, that's not the right word. He's so egotistical. He, they're like in that little hollow meeting with Dooku, and he's just like, we got the senator or something, or we beat up 20 senators, and it's like, okay, and? I don't know. I was just annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't like them. But I didn't like them the first time I've seen all these episodes, you know? Like, you just have that, that feeling. Those are... Those I like when she them. jumps on the speeder bike mm-hmm. and is like racing through and has kind of narrowly escaped with her life and all the cops surround her and they're like, that is a stolen speeder bike. Put your oh, hands yeah. up. And she's like, I'm a senator. Yeah. the people who are trying to hurt me. Yeah. Literally. A summary. A summary, honestly, of everything. Life in general. <laughs> um, That's was my next point, too, just in general, of her being on the speeder bike. I love that Pad because she told Uncle Ono, she's like, I can handle myself, and she sure can. She almost couldn't, because, but then the the little police droids showed up. Um, And then she still handled herself. She was still like, how do I get out of this? And she did. Yep. Um, And... Towards the end, or I guess, no, this, yeah, this is almost the end. So she is back in her little home. Uh, Tekla is taking care of her little, her bruise. And she walks out dramatically onto the balcony like Padme would and says, what has happened to democracy and why does no one seem to care? Another one. Another uh-huh. one. So good. Such a summary. And I like how she asked Tekla. Uh-huh. How is this war affecting your family? Yeah. Please tell me. She's like, she literally cares about her people so much. Yeah. It's, like, painful. And she, like, I feel like sometimes she might get wrapped up in, like, so much of everything else going on. That thing, that the, and then there's little moments that she's like, wait, let me ask the people around me and see how they are being affected. Yeah. She's really good at think before you speak and really good at gather all the information. That's something that she's always been good at. I feel like, and well, and in the prequels, she wasn't that great at it, but she was a decoy in that moment. And I feel like as soon as she revealed her identity, she was like, oh no, like I'm actually really good at what I do. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I'm not stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Tekla is one of her handmaidens? Mm Mm-hmm. Is she a handmaiden? Or now? No. She wouldn't be because she's a senator. She's taken care of by the handmaiden, Tekla. Yeah, but, like, so has she been a Tekla, or a Tekla, a handmaiden before? Because, technically, Padme's not the queen anymore when she becomes a no, senator. No, but they used handmaidens when she went, when she became a senator. Mm-hmm. She got a different set of handmaidens oh. that had a different set of roles in the Queen's Shadow. If you read the book. A different set of skills, maybe? Yeah, yes, they had different sets of skills. Because her handmaidens, as the queen, they were, like, this is a bad word. Badasses. 
yeah. They were. Yeah, sure they were. Um, and then Padme, at the end of this episode, does a tear-jerking speech about how... Uh, what Tekla's family is going through based on all of these things that have affected her from the war. Um, and it's just even the people that disagreed with Padme respected how great her speech was and how much of an impact it would have. Um, and I just thought it was wonderful. It was one of those things where, like, on an emotional day, I absolutely will cry to that. And on a not emotional day, I still was like, oh, my God, that's so great. Um so the last question, well, not even a question, um, but the ending of the episode. Uh, I don't know what to even call him. There it is. So Palpatine has this buddy at all times by his side, Masamita, Masameta. I think yeah. you can say that multiple ways. He I was the Masameta sound. Looks, looks how I would pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, as I say, it's spelled that way. Uh, was the vice chair of the Galactic Senate during Chancellor Valorum's term, a position he continued as Palpatine transformed the Republic into the Galactic Empire. I don't want to open the open the link yet because it might tell me, but it... Sorry. <laughs> that was a reminder about a chameleon thing I need to do. Um, <laughs> so... I want to know, based on the way that they were talking, he was like, what do you suggest we do? And Palpatine was like, we just have to let the Senate do its thing. Does Masamita know the whole time that Palpatine is Palpatine the way that he is? Hang on, I'm reading. Don't spoil it. What do you think? I won't, I, I won't <laughs> but I'm just... The bad guy. How, you know, he's not, he's not the dark, he, let's say the dark lord. <laughs> he's the dark lord. He is not Darth Sidious. I don't think he thinks of that, but I think he knows that he is a master puppeteer. Mm. Yeah, like that I he's think, got like deeper plans than what's going on. Right. That makes sense. I don't think he knows quite that how deep these plans go, but yeah. I think he's like, this guy knows what he's doing, so I'm Ooh. just gonna let him do his thing. I'm just gonna follow along because that's what I've been told to do. Uh-huh. To be fair, he was playing the long game. He was keeping his job, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. The way that that interaction happened, I was just kind of like, oh my god, did he know the whole time? <laughs> so it says here, Amita was remembered by, the his by historians as a weak-willed sycophant of the Emperor. Was he being mind controlled? Did he know? And then the pal the Palpatine <laughs> and the Palpatine wiped his brain one day or killed him. Did they crucio him? They use a crucio I don't know. Crucio or something. Oh my god! Listen, these are these are the theories, people. Um, that's it. That's end of episode eleven. That's end of this little like mini series of random episodes that we like. Um. The next episode that you guys will see come out, let's look. Let's let's check the calendar. Um, should be the Night Sisters arc. So Grace and I are going to try and get that recorded soon. Uh, the Night Sisters are amazing. Summer will be back for the ending of season three that we will get to you guys before the end of 2020. Um, that's my last set for December. And we'll start with season four in 2021. Yay! Yeah, I'm so excited. So we have a few cool arcs to get through. Night Sisters, Mortis, The Citadel. And then we'll end with you and me um, in, like, mid to end December. And then we'll okay. hit season four up. I'm so excited. I am too. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for always being my Star Wars buddy. Um, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? I don't check my Instagram, and I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's Summer Lynn's eleven twenty one. It is. How do <laughs> I, I know that? Let, I don't know. I just sit there in my 
mindlessly scroll Cheyenne and send you things. That's, That's fine. It's perfect. We love it. Um, you guys can follow me personally at C Jericho or at C Jericho 95. You can visit my blog Cheyenne. No, not Cheyenne Hoover. Oh my God. I changed the name. Uh, you can visit my blog at the kybercrystal.wordpress.com with two L's in crystal. Um, I do have lots of old posts on there. I'm not going to have any recent posts up. Um, simply because I got a lot of other things going on, but there's lots of content for you. I'm not doing anything at all, okay? I, I can personally vouch for her. She's got nothing going on. She's a dirty, sarcastic liar. Dirty, sarcastic liar, okay? Because we've all been just absolutely stressed. Listen, Summer has two kids and our job, and I have... Practically two kids. I'm just kidding. I have a chameleon and school and this job and, and more also or less, this. We've kind of been on mandatory six days since we reopened. Yeah, we're straight up working, y'all. Working. Okay. Uh, I said where you guys can find me. You guys can find the main channel, Kessel Run Weekly, at Kessel Run Weekly on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also join our Facebook group, The Kessel Crew. Um, and don't forget to watch our streams at twitch.tv slash Weekly. You can also find all of our Discord channel invites there. That is where you can find Grace um, being chaotic and having lots of fun with everybody. Grace and Kian are our wonderful mods over there. Um, and if you guys have any questions, concerns, comments on episodes, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let us know via at Kessel Run Weekly on Instagram. That is where I check the most and I'm the most active, so I can get you on the show if you're interested, um, or coordinate some information if you need it. Unfortunately, with no cons this year, um... We are not able to be anywhere and have any meet and greets or anything like that, but there is a virtual convention that we are a part of. We had we recorded an episode for the convention, and it's actually happening this Thursday, October 29th. Um, I believe it's an all-day convention, but the recording will be up on our YouTube the next day, I believe, um, which is actually Friday the 30th, which is when The Mandalorian Season 2 starts. So there's lots of Star Wars things happening. If you guys are interested in the convention, I will post the link in the episode notes, and I will also post about it on Kessel Run Weekly's uh, pages. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for checking us out, and may the Force be with you. Always.